This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, Community Radio for Dublin 15. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre, this is Phoenix FM. Translate. Translate to English. Transmission begin. The year. Unknown. Project. Project deemed a success. As human genetics are combined with robotic enhancements. The future is. No. It is so unpredictable. How do you, how do you predict what's going to happen inside the chamber? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestleView International Desk here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and WrestleView.com every Friday um, until 9.30pm. This week, of course, we have the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. So we thought, considering the fact that it is the Elimination Chamber, both Gary and myself would look at the history of the Elimination Chamber. Corey McChrystal may be jumping in at the end of the show, but we're not too sure yet this week. But as I said, my name is Dara O'Connor, and I'm joined on the line by my co-host, Mr. Gary Herden. How are things, Gary? Not bad, Dara. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, so are you excited about the pay-per-view coming up now on Sunday? Uh, yeah, definitely. I love the Elimination Chamber. Um I just, I, it's such a great concept mm. and that we only get to see it um, once a year. Yeah. Uh, love it. Um, it's one of the, like, I, I love this run. I love Rumble, Chamber, Amania. Yeah. Um, this, this is the time for a wrestling fan, you know? Oh, it's true. Yeah, and, it's where um, all the money's been made. Oh, yeah, true. Mm. And it's the one gimmick pay-per-view um, that I am 100% totally on board with. Okay, cool. Yeah, I see. You know me. I have my uh, my affinity to Night of Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my gimmick pay per view that I absolutely love, just because I'm a huge belt mark. But you know, I do like the Elimination Chamber. I think um, the idea is very, very cool. So let's jump before we we look at the whole team pay per view and it's kind of the decline for a lot of people. But uh, it's resurgence in resurgence in uh, recent years. Let's look at the history of the Elimination Chamber. Now this was brought in. Um, to originally replace the Hell in a Cell. A lot of people don't know that. They were actually going to phase out the Hell in a Cell um, when this was originally put in. But 
you know, they made it larger, they made it bigger, and strictly six uh, participants. And then, you know, have a, an elimination-style match until the sole survivor. So kind of an amalgamation of the Elimination Chamber, a war games kind of thing, and then um, also having the whole... Uh, timed and, element as well yeah, like brought into it it had this kind of survivor series team because that's where it debuted yeah exactly it, it debuted in 2002 i believe if yeah, i'm yeah. corrected and i'll i love the announcement that eric bischoff came out and i remember he uh he actually came out and said right we're going to have this new uh this new gimmick announced on an on the pay-per-view and the promos that were ranged you know with the miles of chain and the, the what the plexiglass it was just really, really good. The way they built it up, it actually seemed like a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here, as Wikipedia says, uh, they go, the Elimination Chamber match was a combined element of the WWE's Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and War Games matches. I was trying to come up with Royal Rumble. It was in my head, Gary, but, you know, the, yeah, the brain's yeah. a little bit foggy. Only one coffee today, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ha- I have the, uh, the Wikipedia article as well, and it has the structure itself is 16 foot high, 36 foot in diameter, weighs over 10 tonnes, and comprised of two miles of uh, chain link fence. That's lifted directly from the promo that we're that talking about. That is lifted directly. Yeah, they should have so, quotations around You know, that. if it's on Wikipedia, it has to be it's true. gotta be true. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but for sometimes they get things right. I find with wrestling, usually... They're yeah, more often than not, they're yeah. a safe bet. They're a safe bet. Just don't use it for anything else, kids. If you're writing an article for college... Don't use it. Get a real book. Get a real book, exactly. Um, all right, so we're going back to this. Um, so the first match, as we said, was in 2002, and it was a hallmark match for a lot of people. It's the match that uh, Shawn Michaels won the belt and kickstarted a really, really cool uh, series with Triple H. Uh, take us back there, Gary. What did you think when you saw this for the first time? I mean, you were kind of hit by the grandeur of it all. Um, it, it was a hark back to seeing the first Hell in a Cell match um, and all the kind of big spot-filled matches that, I mean, growing up during the Attitude Era, we saw an awful lot. Um, so it was kind of difficult to be bowled away by something, um, but that the, the structure being lowered down, um, that was just, it was a really cool sight. And then everybody coming out and being locked in these pods, um, it just it, it had a big match feel and seeing it the visual of it was just uh, amazing mm. and then the fact that you know it was kind of it was really Sean's kind of official match back yeah. his first one he had the match against Triple H at SummerSlam the unsanctioned uh, street the, fight, the yeah. unsanctioned match and it had that air of you weren't really sure how it was going to go yeah true you didn't know who was going to win um, like Jericho was in it, RVD was in it, um, Kane Booker and Booker T, T. yeah, Kane. Um, it, it was kind of, it, it was just, it was going into the unknown. Mm. We didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, everybody. I think when I think back, I think everybody thought, "Oh, Triple H is winning. Triple H is winning." Um, and then Sean won, and. I mean, it was. It had the huge spot with RVD doing the five star. That was cool. That was very cool. Top. And that's when RVD I mean, was getting some huge airtime as well. That was awesome. Oh, and he yeah. was he was getting over like big. Yeah, it was cool. And Chris um, Jericho did some really really cool spots in it as well. Yeah, but I mean, the, the other thing is that people don't realize, um, because I that move kind of essentially took RVD out of the match because mm. he jarred his knee, 
But if you watch that match, his knee goes directly onto Triple H's throat. And Triple H wrestles the next, I think it's 20-odd minutes with a crushed larynx. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, like we were talking about Bret Hart a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, Triple H never did anything. And, like, to have a crushed larynx <laughs> and, and, and carry on. Um, to what was, I mean, that was such a huge match. As you say, it was a hallmark mm. match. And again, um, just getting back to Triple H, you know, the man has wrestled two matches when he blew out his, his quads. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Brett, what have you done? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, look, I, I flat out say I don't like Brett Hart. com. if you want to to uh, to rant at me there, I don't mind. But um, yeah, continuing on. So from that, we had uh, the match Shawn Michaels won, and then we had the next one at SummerSlam. Now, Triple H yeah. did win this one, and this was under Goldberg's major run. And the lineup for this, Gary, uh, was a little bit less... Uh, spectacular Triple H Goldberg Chris Jericho Shawn Michaels Kevin Nash and Randy Orton now this was just before the breakup or just after the breakup of Evolution I think um, if memory serves yeah yeah and uh, they were still f- no, you know, no 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 oh no no it was just before yeah you're no you're jumping a good bit ahead I think I think I am I think I am yeah. this was just before because Randy helped Triple H win the match I believe yeah yes yeah. and they helped, They beat up Goldberg and trapped him in the pod and all that kind of stuff yes I remember yeah and they had the sledgehammer and yeah. all that jazz and, um, yeah I wasn't too gone on this match mm, yeah a lot of people um, weren't I, I think this is the one that uh, well aside from the one we'll get to now in a moment this is the one that a lot of people don't have fond memories of it. and you had uh, it was at SummerSlam so it was in the middle of the summer it felt really weird yeah, I mean, and the fact that Triple H won, I think everybody was kind of... Sometimes the simplest thing with booking is to give the people what they want. Mm. And they wanted that belt on Goldberg. Oh, they did, yeah. yeah. They Badly. really did. Mm. And like, I'm I'm in no way a Goldberg fan. I don't get it with him, you know. Mm. But, I mean, that belt at, at that time was the right thing to do. To give and I think Goldberg, that's yeah. why it, it kind of soured a lot of people. Mm. Definitely, it was it was the beginning of Triple H being on top. Two thousand three, two thousand four, maybe into two thousand five was you know all Triple H until Batista broke through that glass ceiling, um, and that's when I walked away from it because of stuff like that. You know, two thousand four, two thousand five. So this time we're getting into a little bit of a hazy atmosphere. For example, the next the next one that we're talking about here, um, sorry, the next two that we're talking about, a New Year's Revolution two thousand five. And then 2006. 2006 actually sticks with me because I was actively watching wrestling again. But the one at the year prior where Triple H won at a New Year's uh, uh, Year's Revolution 2005, I actually have no memory of at all. Uh, I actually quite liked that one. Mm. Um, It was, I mean, they were doing uh, the kind of long build with Batista. Yeah. um, And Triple H. um, And... I can't remember who is going to beat Batista in the match, but Triple H can clearly break up the pinfall. But doesn't and he and, and he doesn't. Was he it Benoit? Just sinks back into the corner. Was it Benoit? I I think it might have been Benoit. Yeah, it might have been a crossface. Because they were getting ready for the build of Benoit at WrestleMania, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just it was you know so sometimes the simple things work so effectively. Mm. And Triple H could have saved Batista, but he didn't. Mm. Now, as a match, I mean, it, it, it's a good match, but from the storytelling, and I mean, this is what made Batista 
all this sort of stuff. You know, when Flair and Triple H were talking about Batista in the locker room, when he won the Rumble and they wanted him to go after JBL so they could dominate both Raw and SmackDown. Mm. Um, just all these little subtle things. And yeah, the one in the chamber was done very, very well. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So as I said, moving on then, we had 2006. The same, the same pay-per-view, New Year's Revolution. Um, John Cena... Kurt Angle, Carlito, Chris Masters, Shawn Michaels, and Kane were in this match, and this, of course, was the the big had the big shock ending. And I'll never forget actually watching it. I wasn't watching it live. I was uh, watching a replay of it. You remember they'd replay it on like a Monday night, and yeah, it's when Sky. yeah on Sky, it's when they had uh, Vince McMahon come out and Ed's cash in on a bloody John Cena. Yeah, um, I was I, as a chamber match. It's probably my least favorite. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't a great match, but the end um, of it, I think, it's more famous for it than anything else. Yeah, yeah. like why was Carly on Christmas? Isn't it? <laughs> well, um, it was Raw. You know, it it was the Raw brand, and it was when weaknesses. It was a thin Raw brand yeah, at that stage. Very thin Raw brand. I mean, if you can put Carly on Christmas in a match of that caliber, yeah, of that level. Um, but yeah, I mean that whole pay-per-view will always stick in the memory because that was the one where Edge cashed in. And I also um, had a very good match with Jeff Hardy and Johnny Nitro in a cage, I think, as well. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Edge had a decent match with Flair to open that. That's true. As well. That's very true as well, yeah. You know, so... But, yeah, I mean, that's... Like, as watch, watching wrestling, it's very rarely we get surprised and, like totally blown out of the water with stuff mm. I mean Jericho returning at the Rumble this year was one we were like oh my god we had the proper mark out moments yeah. but I mean when Vince came out and said there was going to be one more match and Edge came out um, yeah that was totally surprising and I mean that's why that pay-per-view will go down in history yeah it still sticks um, with you but it, it won't go down for the the chamber match no definitely not it, it's as, as Gary said it's the most uh, forgettable of all chamber matches, I think, in that time period before it became a staple in February. And there's one more match before that happened, and that was at ECW's uh, December to Dismember in 2006. Now, this pay-per-view is infamous for a lot of reasons. If you haven't seen it, um, buy the DVD, watch it, and then be like, Darrell, why did you tell me to buy that DVD? <laughs> well, it's good to have in your collection. Um, I do, and I watch it from time to time just to keep in mind how bad things can get and to give myself some perspective. Yeah, this was the Extreme Elimination Chamber. Okay, it had weapons all over it. Big Show, Bobby Lashley, Hardcore Holly, CM Punk, Test, and RVD. Now, Sabu was supposed to be in this, and they ran an angle earlier on in the night to get him... Um, eliminated and I think they replaced him with Test so from the beginning this match was doomed and Bobby Lashley <laughs> ended up winning it it's a cluster you know what it's a terrible 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 match CM Punk was the first person to get eliminated that's not why it was a terrible match but it is kind of an indication where they were going with this brand Hardcore Holly did a lot better in a Test uh, Bobby Lashley and The Big Show now Bobby Lashley was a big player in the WWE at this time for anybody who doesn't know who he is this is the failure MMA guy um, the failure in TNA guy this is who the WWE decide to, decided to back Gary what did you think about this match um, overall do you agree with what I said there or do you have any other comments um, yeah I agree with what you said um, 
I when I was talking about the 2005 match, I realised halfway through what I was saying about it being the worst Elimination Chamber match. Well, 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 you know, you're right, you're right, because this is an extreme Elimination Chamber match. <laughs> it, okay, well then it is the worst extreme Elimination <laughs> Chamber match. Uh, the one and only. It was, on paper, they could have done so much with it. Yeah. And, I mean, if people don't know, Heyman wanted to book this match in a certain way. Um which Vince disagreed with, they hammered it out and Heyman left that night mm. and Vince was left in charge of uh, booking an ECW pay-per-view. Um, Heyman wanted Punk to win. He, he wanted Punk to go over and Punk ended up being the first one eliminated. Um, it was, yeah, you summed it up, an absolute cluster insert expletive here yeah it was just god awful um uh, the premise i mean it, it so should have worked it really should have yeah um but it was the wrong result uh the wrong person went over i mean having someone like bobby lashley represent the ecw brand was just so inane i mean why why he he's he's a wwe guy yeah like, like he's an esta- when, he's an established WWE guy. He's not even just yeah. an, a, a, some low class jobber who they can work and mold. You know. Yeah, but like when they were bringing people in to ECW, hmm. uh, there was CM Punk was the guy. Yeah, he was the guy who who could have been in ECW during the heyday, hmm. and he was definitely the guy to lead it on. Yeah, um, and. I mean, for them to go with Bobby Lashley, as you say, it was a clear indication of what Vince wanted to do with ECW. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, if he had have called it anything else, which he eventually has done and now it's NXT, um, then it would have been okay. But the fact yeah. it was ECW and they were marketing as a continuation of the, quote, legacy, it just flopped on its face. Big time. That's why there was never another ECW pay-per-view. <laughs> arguably, that. That, arguably, that's why the brand eventually just went sour because, you know, people were done up with it. And a lot of people actually walked away and went to TNA to take up uh, their e- extreme fix. And TNA actually got really, really good around then. Shortly afterwards, Kurt Angle went over to TNA uh, with Christian Cage doing his thing over there. So, in a way, it did have a, a positive uh, consequence, but still terrible 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 match and a stain on uh, the WWE history as far as this match goes alright so after that we had the Elimination Chamber moving to where it is now moving to February first as part of the No Way Out show in 2008 and 2009 then the Elimination Chamber in 2010 2011 and 2012 Gary so instead of having one match every every year or sometime in 2006 we had two um, we were presented with two elimination chambers in one night. What was the problem with this? Do you think this damaged uh, the match in any way for you as a wrestling fan? Uh, it didn't. It didn't. Um, I mean, it's a lot. It, it's a lot simpler to conduct an elimination chamber match because you have the intervals and it, it's spaced out. So, it compared to say uh, the Hell in a Cell pay per view. Where a couple of years ago, I think we had three Hell in a Cell matches yes. in a night. Yeah, and a t- the tag team match as well. Yeah, mm. um, but those matches are all the same. At least with the Elimination Chamber matches, there's a bit of variation. Um, 
I was very, very skeptical about having two chamber matches um, on a pay-per-view because you're always worried about, okay, well, what is it going to be the first match? Is it going to be the second match? And then which one gets presidents? You know, mm. is it going to be the SmackDown chamber that's going to headline? Is it going to be the Raw chamber that's going to headline? Mm. And so on and so forth. I think there has been certain pay-per-views for the Elimination Chamber where one chamber would have sufficed a lot better um, because the other one just ended up being kind of forgettable. Um, if you think about the one where Jericho won the belt. Yeah. Um, I think it was 2010. It was 2000. No, yes, yeah, so it was 2010. Yeah, I mean, that match stands out far more to me uh, than the, than the Raw one. Yeah, the, uh, we were actually watching that over in your place I believe and yeah, uh, yeah. we even said that the Raw match was so badly put together you had Ted DiBiase Kofi Kingston in there with Randy Orton and Sheamus who at the time didn't really seem to care Sheamus was a champion but not a very very good champion um, he just won the belt at TLC so still not very very popular playing the heel uh, Triple H and John Cena not doing a lot it was very very paint by the numbers um, but the Smackdown match even though our truth was in it, Rey Mysterio, Punk, Morrison, Undertaker, it was masterfully put together. Um, yeah, and I, and I mean, if you look, I mean, Rey work, Rey and Jericho, they were kind of consistent yeah. throughout the whole thing. I mean, Rey put in such a shift, hmm. such a shift, and it, it shows how good he is. Like, if people are always like, oh, well, Rey Mysterio, he's small and all this stuff, that would be one of the matches that I'd urge them to watch. Um, because you see how good a worker he is in yeah, that match. How how good he can be if he's given the right circumstances. But even yeah, now that yeah. he's got on a few years and he's a shell of what he used to be, he can still pull out performances when they need it. Another good thing about 2010, it's when uh, Shawn Michaels popped up from underneath the ring and super kicked The Undertaker. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like That that moved on so, um, so many storylines, you know, because I think Edge had won uh, the Rumble. Yeah. And it was kind of clear that he was going to go against Jericho. Hmm. Jericho won. So that forwarded that storyline on. So it was going to be Edge was going to go against Jericho for the title. Hmm. Shawn Michaels popping up out from under the ring because he wanted to get um, the rematch with Taker. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, that match did more for the storylines going into WrestleMania than the Raw match did. Hmm. And that's true because the Raw match is still... Had the had the piece the main event together and it just it was it was left a mess. But I think that's the important thing to do um, with this pay per view and with every pay per view going up to WrestleMania from the Royal Rumble is to succinctly put together the program and follow with it. Um, and another question with the with the Elimination Chamber is what should they do with it? Should one match serve to put forward the main event? Or should both matches be used to put forward a main event? Or do you think they're just going to go with, yes, A is going to be you know, the important one and the other one is just going to be filler? And I think that seems to be something they're doing now from 2011 and 2012, the matches that they've had, where it very much feels like a filler program. Yeah, I mean, I think the rumor is for this year that there's only going to be the one chamber match. And that's going to be the one for... Uh, the Alberto Del Rio's title okay. to determine who's going to be the number one contender for that. Right. Um, I think that serves better because 
we, we know Cena is going to go for the WWE champion. And The Rock is going against Punk. So there was no point having a chamber match involving Rock. Yeah, because he wouldn't do title. it. He wouldn't do it. It would be no point. And plus, it would only be about 10 minutes because he'd beat everybody anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think this, this serves better because the WWE title is it, it's doing its own thing it's looking after itself that story is effectively booking itself yeah um so and now i mean there was there was rumbles of it going to be um Cena uh shield mm, yeah i've heard that too yeah <laughs> um, i i don't think it's going to happen no. i think that would be a terrible idea no i i think that's a case of the internet maybe fantasy booking a bit too probably much. yeah because uh, i god i hope so because it would just that that would be the pits um so for this for this run to wrestlemania uh, most definitely the one chamber match is absolutely perfect um you look back to last year's one i think it ended up being daniel bryan against santino morella yeah which was actually cool um, because they they, uh, they used it in a new way like what else could they do with daniel bryan to set up the match at WrestleMania because uh, Sheamus wasn't even in that match. Yeah, you like, know it he, was it was all he, coming up in the air like exactly yeah because he had already won the Royal Rumble so they used it in a very very cool and entertaining way. Um, CM Punk he faced Jericho for some reason you know he it made very little sense. I think if they're going to use it, use it in a way that will forward the storylines. And Gary, as you said. You know, very, very correctly. Coming up now at the 16th Elimination Chamber uh, match, the 16th time we've had this match, they're going to do it in that way. And you know, if they do have that tag team match, I think maybe we'll be looking at the worst Elimination Chamber match because <laughs> I don't see how that's going to work. I just don't see how it's going to work. But guys, we're going to have to wrap up this edition of the Rest of You International Desk here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. If you want the rest of the show, go over to restofyou.com tomorrow on Saturday where you can get the remainder of the show with myself and Gary Herden. We'll see you after the break. Yeah.